Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, here we are for another Rednecks Pride Outdoor Show. We're pleased to uh, announce that we're getting it started after quite a few months of uh, downtime. We've got a good show planned for tonight. Rednecks Pride Outdoors is a show where we talk about hunting, trapping, and fishing in God's creation. started out uh, quite a few years ago where we just talked about the Northeast hunting, trapping, and fishing. But in the last few years, it's turned into national, whatever nationwide uh, guys want to talk about we we get into it we talk about predator hunting or trapping trapping shows seem to be the best though i can i can put on a trapping show and the downloads will be continuously uh, for the next few years uh hunting shows deer hunting or something like that seems to have the less uh the least about a least amount of uh, downloads and then fishing hat comes in right behind trapping so go figure that trapping fishing and then hunting but anyway, tonight we got a great show planned. We're going to be talking about a subject that uh, a lot of guys are getting into. A lot of things, uh, a lot of people are talking about. It's called the dog-proof trap, or the DP is what the slang is. It's a it's a tool that's been around for many many years, but in the last four or five years, it seems to be um, the big talk anymore. So we're going to talk about the dog-proof trap. Depending on how tonight's show goes, we may make it into two or three shows. We don't know, but tonight I am pleased and, and, and have the privilege to have as a guest Sean Ingram. He's from Tennessee. Um, he's a.k.a. Uh, the Dog Proof Trapper. And if I'm not mistaken, Sean, I think uh, he's you're the owner of English Mountain Baits and Lures, uh, correct? Yep, that's right, Ron. Oh, man, how you doing down in Tennessee? Is it cold down there or is it uh, warm? What's going on down there? Well, it it can't make up its mind to be honest with you. It's it's, um, it's warm one day and cold the next. I think tomorrow is supposed to be uh, the low of eighteen, and and then next week it's supposed to be sixty. So I, it really just can't make up its mind. It, it sounds like the same thing is going to be happening here in Jersey. We're supposed to plummet tonight and and into Friday. Friday, I'm not going to be happy working on roofs and what have you doing wildlife control, but it's supposed to be kind of cold and. Oh, I was I was telling somebody last week I can remember plenty of Christmases growing up wearing shorts and a t-shirt. So <laughs> we never had it quite that bad, but it, it, <laughs> I mean, it kind of bothers me a bit. So. Here in the South Jersey, I kind of like it to be you know in December. I like it to be forty, forty-five high and lows just above that freezing mark, so my water doesn't freeze up. I can do my beaver and otter trapping and muskrat trapping without getting my hands cold. But. I hear you. Anyway, you know, like I said, we're, tonight we're going to talk about the dog-proof trap. You've, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you've got a your baits and lures. You you made distinctly for the dog-proof trap, correct? Yeah, um, I I actually put those together. Um, I started dog-proof trapping probably about five years ago, and uh, just just decided to to try my hand at at. Uh, inventing some baits and lures for myself and 
and it just kind of took off, and and uh, other people started wanting it. So uh, I've, I've started marketing it a little bit here and there. So. Well, that's good. And we're going to get into that at the end of the show. You're going to, I'm going to have you give all your information so people can can jump on it and and uh, and uh, maybe order some from you. Uh, mm-hmm. Want to take before we get into too much further? I plum forgot. It's you know, like I said, it's the first show I've done in a few months, so I forgot my sponsors and my advertisers. Of course, we have no advertisers, but we like to make it sound that way. But <laughs> you know, what we want to thank uh, Trapper Man for dot uh, com. Uh, Paul allows me to uh, post up for these shows, and we always want to thank him. And, and, you know, for you trappers out there, if you don't have a forum to go to or you want to learn what you can, trapperman.com is one of those places that talks about, you know, you can talk about EDC, you can talk about fur, you can talk about wilderness trapping. It's just a pretty good site for trappers. Uh, so we want to thank trapperman.com for, for allowing us to, uh, to post up on that about the shows. Tonight's show is also owned and sponsored by uh, Rednecks Pride Game Calls and Outdoor Scents, where we make uh, baits and lures, deer scents, game calls, you name it, we make it. We've been at it for, for quite a long time, since 1987. Um, so, you know, if you ever need those good baits and lures, just, just check out Rednecks Pride Game Calls and Outdoor Scents. Okay, without further ado, Sean. You said you got uh, into dog-proof trapping about five years ago. What what made you do that? Well, where I'm from here in, in East Tennessee, I, I live at the base of English Mountain, which is which is uh, anybody that knows East Tennessee, it's it's between Sevierville and uh, and uh, Newport, Tennessee, and uh, there's a whole lot of bear hunters up here, and they love their dogs, and. Uh, when I got into trapping, I, you know, I, I wanted to do the right thing for my neighbors, and just decided to to use a trap that that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't uh, hurt their dogs. Basically, um, they, you know, a lot of my a lot of my neighbors and stuff have put put a lot of time and effort into into their dogs, and and I wanted to work alongside them, and and plus doing that, you know, you tell. You tell your neighbors that you want to trap on their land, and the first thing they hear is traps, and they, you know, they think, you know, they go to the extreme, and then you you show them the dog proof and and uh, show that you know the the catch rate on a dog is not not there, and and uh, they they're real apt to give you permission to trap on their property. So that's really why I started is is just to um, co-mingle, I guess, with with my neighbors, and, and once I started doing that, I, I really, really took a liking to it, and uh, that's that's just kind of what I focus on. Uh, you know, and, and you, you you hit a good you get a hit a really good point there. You know, when when most folks think about trapping, even here in New Jersey, where we haven't had foothold traps for thirty plus years, you know, thirty years anyway. Um, you know, everybody envisions that trap that's going to cut the foot off of an animal, you know, or they're right. going to chew their legs off or whatever. And, and, we, and, and we as trappers know that, that you know, <laughs> it ain't going to cut the foot off. But exactly. but the, the non-trapper doesn't know that. So, you know, when you when you bring that old dog-proof trap out and you show this tube and they look at it and it, it kind of, it, it's, a, it's a positive. It's definitely a positive, especially when you're talking about uh, raccoons. And, you know, right, right. We're, we're going through that battle right here in New Jersey where we got the dog-proof traps in, and now they're trying to take it away. And and there was a study where we're doing a lot of studies. And, you know, you brought it up about the bear and all that. To the general 
public, the people who do not trap, let's put it that way. As a, as a rule, most fur bearers are uh, coming up in their desires to like, meaning the fox, even the coyote. You know, the mm-hmm. non-trapping public likes the coyote. But the one animal, the one animal that does not, is not making any progress in, in, in people's passion is the raccoon. Right, and right. and the and the reason that is is because the raccoon causes a lot of damage, either tearing up trash cans or or keeps me in business. I mean, let's face it: if it wasn't for the raccoon, I, I I'd be starving this year. Squirrel squirrel calls are up, right, right. but it's the raccoon. So when you bring that old trap, like you said, you bring that old trap out to that customer, that that potential trapping property, and you show them that tube, and you say, "We're going to get rid of your your coon." Uh, you find most people like you then at that point, huh? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and you know the I've got a lot of chickens here on my property as well, and and you know every every once in a while we'll get a coon that'll come through here and and start grabbing my eggs, and you know all I've got to do is throw out a couple of DPs, and, and you know in a couple of days I'll that trouble's gone. So uh, it, it works out real well. Well, speaking of DPs, okay, everybody, you know when when you look at the market anymore. I don't know how many different types of DP traps are out there. Um, what, what, what's some of your favorite DPs, or what, what traps are you using? And, and, and just go ahead and tell us why you like them uh, compared to um, the ones you don't well, like. Well, I tell you, I'm, I'm using uh, I'm using the I'm using actually two. I'm using uh, the Dukes, and I'm using the uh, Trap USA. Um, you know, I, I like the I like the uh, pull triggers, and um, I, I tend to like the price on the Dukes. Um, I think the the powder coating on them are, are done really well, um, and you know that's just kind of the one that I've gravitated to. Um, when I when I first started into the trapping, I I didn't have a whole hell hell of a lot of money, and you know I was looking for traps that I knew. Um, were going to be affordable, and uh, they were going to get the job done. And you know, when I did our research, I I saw that the Dukes, you know, pretty much did that. Um, I've had uh, I've I've got some Trap USA Dukes as well. I'm sorry, Trap USA uh, EPs as well, and uh, those are made along the same lines. And uh, I've I found that you know I like them pretty well too. The only only thing I don't like about them is they're not powder coated. And uh, they tend to have a shinier surface. They they're just um, they're pewter or chrome or, or whatever, and, and they don't blend in as well as I'd like them to. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that I have to deal with the bear hunters and and that type thing. And and uh, bear season bear season actually coincides here in Tennessee with with trapping season, so I like to have my my DPs kind of hidden. Um, from view, and that that kind of helps it. So, um, I've had some Z traps. I'm, I'm, I like Z traps. I like the fact that they come with the uh, the caps um, already included with it. Um, you can get those in white, um, which you know really helps out if you have snowfall. We don't have a whole heck of a lot of snow down here, um, but you know every now and then if we do, I, I use those and throw those out as well. So, yard. Well, and I want to make a claim right here. You know, we're talking to uh, Sean Ingram tonight, and he's going to talk about what he's doing. 
Um, that's why I was talking about maybe we'll do one or two more shows after this to talk about the other different ways. The great thing about trapping is you know if you're catching critters, you're doing it right. That's right. Um, and, and, you know, just because I do it or, or Sean does it or, or, or anybody else does it another way, that doesn't mean it's the only way. And and so we're tonight, this is Sean's baby. He's going to, he's just talking about what he likes to do and why he likes to do it. But again, uh, because of the Duke uh, trap issues are so broad and so many different factors into it, I'm really thinking we're going to have maybe one, maybe two more shows after this. But tonight, Sean's doing a great job. But let me let me go back on what you were just saying. You you don't you don't like the um, the shininess, or you don't like the off colors. You like your traps to blend in, huh? I do, I do. Um, I, I, I well, I take that back. I will put um, I'll put a a paper cup on them, a, a styrofoam cup to use as a cover at times. But if I know that I'm going to be in an area that um, you know that that's going to get a lot of foot traffic. Um, because a lot of the land that I've got around here is um, natural preserve area, and it's it's um, a lot of bank-owned property and that type of thing. So a lot of people kind of feel like they have free claim to it, so they they go in and you know walk it whenever they want to. And you know if if there's not going to be any rain or anything around um, to mess up my my baits, I usually just put them out um, with the 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 OD grain dukes so that they're kind of camouflaged a little bit. Okay, so you're mainly you're mainly uh going with a blending in trap, not for the critter itself, but to keep other people from yeah, yeah. making your traps grow legs and walk off. I can understand exactly. that. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Now, you know, the Dukes, have you tried the Diablos or the uh, or any other the other traps at all or, no, or just those I, those ones I you mentioned? I've I've only stuck to those ones that I've that I've mentioned. Um, you know, I would I would venture to say that that um, in the future I probably will. Uh, but I've had such good luck with what I've been using. Um, just kind of stick with what I know. You know. Yeah, I, I really I'm really starting to like those Diablos, um, and I'm really starting to like the uh, well. The uh, there's a few others, and that's not my show, so I won't go into that. But you well, know, I, the, I, 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 I'm the opposite. Okay. I've heard I've heard nothing good. Uh, I mean, nothing nothing bad at all about the Diablos. I mean, I think they're an excellent trap. I just haven't had a chance to try them. Yeah. Um. The only the only thing that that I can see that would possibly be wrong with them, the same as with the little Grizz, and you may not have it as bad as we do here in the Northeast. But we we get a freeze, and we all know what happens with the freeze on a on a on a right. DP trap, right, and with right. the the uh, with with those rings, if you will, instead of a stake or a pin, mm-hmm. um, I think they will freeze in a little bit tighter, and we got to pay a little bit more attention to to that in frozen ground. Also, I want to make a disclaimer because there's a lot of Jersey boys going to be listening here. New Jersey, remember, guys, we can only use pool system only. So, um. As we're listening to Sean talking about the, the the push systems that he likes and all that, I like a push system myself too for certain th- situations. But New Jersey cannot use a push system; we can only use pull systems. So that's that's uh, uh, make sure that disclaimers happen in there. You know, uh, 
you talked about location. You talked about people walking around. Let's talk about location. You know, uh, how, how important do you do you put location in the in the uh, the, the the sequencer? Number one, um, I think with I think with a, a dog proof, it's, it's all about location. Um, you know, you've got you've got to get on a food source. You've got to get on a trail. Um, the thing about a dog proof is you're not uh, you're not using a you're not the dog there's no reason for the raccoon to come looking for the dog proof um, mm-hmm. as as there is with other types of, of trap sets out there um, you know with a dog proof they've got to pretty much walk into it or um, you know, it be where they are going to be. Um, but, you know, what I always try and do is, is I put them on the coon trails. Um, I focus on um, putting them on crossovers as far as logs and that type thing um, and just getting them where the coons are going to be. Um, you know, if if I find some, some good den trees and that type thing that, um, you know, and, and find sign around, um, I'm gonna put some. I'm gonna put some DPs there too. It's it, it it all. That's just the number one thing for me is is finding the sign or or finding the the, the area that they're in and, and putting the DPs there. Well, you know, it, it it sounds like you and I think a lot alike, and then we're probably we're probably the same but different. Um, but you know, I I prefer dry land or upland. What I call upland. Uh, trapping, or what I would classify as fox trapping for coon in that type of right. location. It sounds like you're the same way, but do you, do you do you get much into? Uh, well, let's just we'll just key in on that. What, what is some of the uh, the factors, or what are some of the uh, geographic uh, things you're looking for to tell you it's a good location for coon? Well, in upland, in upland. Right, right, upland. I'm looking for. Um, I'm looking for high ridge lines um, where the, the boars are going to walk, um, especially the later in the season. Um, I'm looking for, again, food sources. Um, you know, a, a, a coon is, is going to um, make a, a circuit, if you will, um, and they're going to travel a certain distance and in a certain amount of time. And as long as you get your traps in that in 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 his way, I guess that's you know that's the most important thing to me. Uh, Man, you just I'm, you just hit on a point. I'm going to stop you right there because you need to okay. hit on that again because a lot of guys okay. don't understand that. that most most people, okay, and and again, the, the only reason I figured that out was many years ago in the in the ADC field when you'd set a trap at a house and the sucker didn't show back up for eight to ten days because he's a boar. Um, what, what, you know, typically what is your circuit down there? Do you, do you, have you been able to figure out what your typical circuit would be? And, and maybe you can describe us what a circuit would be in your, in your territory. What, what, what exactly are you talking about as a circuit? Well, what I'm talking about in the circuit is, um, you know, a, a raccoon is just like any other animal. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna be, well, I'm a big deer hunter too, so I guess the, the best way that I can that I can attribute it to 
is you've got a, a, a buck deer that is going to be out looking for looking for his lady friend, and he's going to work a certain area. It may take him um, one day. It may take him three days. And, you know, a, a, a coon is the exact same way. And, you know, they, they've got a certain area that they quote-unquote tour and go through, and it may take them, um, you know, a week before they get back to to your traps. Um, and I think that's one of the things that, that we as VP trappers, and I, I've done it myself, um, you know, after after one or two nights, if you don't get anything in a trap, uh, you're you're snatching your traps up and going somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And that, uh, that that doesn't mean that the the coons are not there. Um, you know, because when I first started, if I didn't get anything in the first two nights, you know, I was pulling in and saying, well, there's just no coons here, and I was I was pulling them and going somewhere else. But you've got to leave them out there long enough to where your your cones are going to come through, come through an area, um, and that's kind of what I mean by circuits. You know, and and here I can only I can only really talk about here in the Northeast where I'm from. But you know, to, and and again, it's it's so true of a statement um, that that I I actually when I'm doing my jobs, I talk to the customers and I figure it out. I can I can. This is a very true statement. My sales and your sales are going to be on a time frame. My, my sales tend to be a five to eight day circuit. Okay. Right. My bores tend to be an eight to ten day circuit. Right. Unless un, un, unless the weather starts to get cold, then you will see the sales reduced down to a three to five day circuit. Right. Closer to food. Okay. Right. And one of the key factors that a lot of, like you just said, a lot of new trappers will, will do is when you come in and you look at that stream bank or you look at that dirt, that, that road or wherever they're moving, and you see those brand spanking new fresh tracks and you put your trap in there, be prepared to wait a few days because that you may have 10 coon moving through that one section, all right? But it may be an 8 to 10 days before they come back. So you're like you just said, you're willing to wait for them. Whereas if you look at those rows, you look at that stream bed, and you see the tracks are somewhat old, you can somewhat anticipate a shorter circuit because they're already in the middle of their circuit or or, or what have you. Hope I didn't steal your thunder uh, your thunder on that one. I, that's great. I mean, I, I I agree with you completely. I mean, I I just think I just I'm a very impatient person. I'll be I'll go ahead and just tell you, and it, that was one of the the biggest hurdles. Um, that that I had to learn was, you know, you've got to let the trap work. You've got to let the location work, um, and not just automatically assume that you don't have any any you know animals. When in fact you do, um, it, you just have to let them come through there. And some of the some of the Midwestern boys, <laughs> they're not going to understand what we're talking about because they got so many stinking coon. Their circuits are every stinking day. Anyhow, you got fifty coon moving through tonight. You got fifty coon moving through tomorrow night. So I mean, the Midwestern boys may not understand that circuit as much as uh, the Northeast or some of the Southeast uh, guys uh, out there. But but it's it's very 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 critical what you just said. And, and if guys, if you don't learn anything about tonight. 
let's learn that 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 what he just said about the the coons the circuit is very important um now when you're when you're setting up your dry land are you looking for woods roads you're looking for gullies other than the ridges i mean i know you're looking for your ridges because of Let's face it. In the fall time, what's the, what's on top of those ridges? Acorns and everything well, else, right? And and also here too, you know, I'm I'm working with a lot of mountainous region. I'm I'm working with a lot of um, deep cuts in the in the mountains and that type thing. And I use those to my advantage because I know um, that if I've got if I've got a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other, and I've got a um, a road coming through the middle uh, or coming at the base of those two, and I've got a stream at the base of those two, um, all your animals are going to be funneled through that area, um, you know, sooner or later. Um, because that, an animal, a mammal, or an, a, a, an animal is going to take the path of least resistance the majority of the time. They're just like we are. Um, so if, if there's a road um, and it gets them from the place that they are to the place that they want to be or to their goal, whether it be uh, sows or it be food or, or whatever, um, they're going to use that road. I set up, I set up the roads. Um, it, it just all – the terrain is just so much different here. That, that was one of the biggest things that I had to learn when I – because I'm not originally from Tennessee. I'm, I'm an Alabama boy. Um, and so when I moved to Tennessee, my whole sportsman's attitude um, in hunting and, and trapping and everything else had to change. Because well, first of, all, first, of all, first of all, your one leg had to get shorter than the other leg, didn't it? Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and, and trust me, I get a lot of crease over that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going from flat, that's like me, flatlander to, to the mountainous regions, you look at that and you say, what the friggin' heck am I doing here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I told somebody one time, I, I told them, I said, you know, um, I don't see how y'all hunt deer up here. I said, I said I can see, in Alabama, I can see my deer, uh, deer 300 yards away. I said, I can't, you know, right now I'm, I'm shooting in a place that's 50 yards wide. Um, you know, so it's just you know it's just completely different up here. So I I had to learn different ways of trapping as well when I when I you know got up here and and got into the trapping up here. So um, yeah, I, I'm sorry I I kind of went way around the corner on that one. No, I I took you off on that trying to be funny. It don't matter. Um, well, here, let me throw it. You know, I, I I always have a saying, and and the saying is, there's a lot of places that a lot of animals will go sometimes, but there's only a few places that all the animals will go all the time. It sounds like to me that you're doing the same thing when you're talking about that road and it goes on down to that stream. Yeah, there's going to be a hundred coon walking up and down that road, jotting off here, jotting off there, whatever. But you can guarantee that every coon at some point where that road crosses that bottom gully and the and the stream. Right there, every coon is going to be there, whether they're traveling on the stream or they're traveling on the road. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. I mean, yeah, they've they've got to have food, they've got to have water, and they've got to have sex. So if you if you get those three down and you're able to figure out where those places are, you're way ahead of the curve. Mm. 
Do you do you set water much, or you just mainly set up on the on the dry land? Um, I do set some water. Um, there's a lot of little creeks around here. A lot of a lot of uh, well, I call them creeks. I call them rivers. But um, there's a lot of you know water up here, and I'll I'll if I see sign on the river on the river bank or on the stream bank, I'll set on it. Um, but I don't. I mostly am dry, dry land, just like you are. Okay. All right. Do Do you see a difference between uh, fall and 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 cold? Let's say fall and and dead winter. Is there well, a difference with your setting styles or locations, rather? Um. Well, I. You know, my. I guess my bait lure changes a lot the later it gets because you're getting closer toward breeding season um, in the, you know, December and January here. Um, so you have to you have to do a switch up there. Um, but as far as, as far as a change, no, not really. Um, and one thing I want to, I want to add to that is, you know, a lot of people think that when it's, when it's dead cold and, you know, that, that the animals are going to den up and they're not going to move and that type of thing. And the truth is they're going to move. They're going to move less, but they are going to move. So I don't, you know, I don't let cold weather stop me um, from trapping, um, especially with my coons and that type of thing. I just, I just keep on going like I'm going. Um, you know, if there's snowfall, we've had a couple of snowfalls last year. That's great for figuring out trails. Um, I just think a lot of people let let the cold weather slow them down, and and I just encourage people not to do that. Yeah, and, and there's a and there is definitely a difference. You know, when you get into an hour north, and those those coon, I'm blessed. My coon will stay active. Uh, you know, it, ten degrees. As long as there's no heavy, heavy, strong wind blowing, uh, my that, my coon will move in ten degrees, no problem. That's, yeah, that's the same way here. As, as long as we don't have a strong wind, um, they're still going to move. Um, but like I said, they may they may be slower to move, but they're going to move. Up north of me, a couple hours, an hour and a half, those coon will den up a whole bunch quicker um, than, than that. And I think the farther north you get, the, the more the coon will den up. But I think it's important for people to realize that they're not hibernating. They're just denning up. They're still acting like, like, you, like you just said. If you're by a den a tree or, or a barn or old band of building, even in four or five inches of snow uh, before the breeding season, that is, you, you will see that the coon will come out of that old building or that tree and walk around that tree a few times and then go right back up inside. They still got to, they're still going to move. They're still going to uh, keep going uh, around. They don't really go into that hardcore. Now, again, when you get up in Wisconsin, you get up in the Maine, you get up into the East in Canada, where it's just flat out cold, blowing wind, and all that. They, I think they will, they will uh, hold up a lot longer than we would we like them to. Mm-hmm. And you know, too, um, talking about your buildings and that type of thing, there's I'm blessed to have a lot of old, rundown buildings around where I am. So when it does get into late season and it does get really, really cold, um, I move to those areas too, um, because you know you'll find a lot of these buildings where the floors have already rotted out. It's bare ground. Um, you can go in and you can slap dog proofs in. 
um, on bare ground in undercover um, and you know catch, catch some tunes there as well. Yeah. Do do you like to uh, do you like to set the buildings? Are you, will you set inside the building, or are you going to set outside the building? Both. I do both. Um, I will on the outside of the buildings. I look for trails that are uh, going to the buildings, um, and I'll set set on those trails. And then also I'll set inside the buildings as well. Um, you know the one of the one of the DPs that we haven't mentioned is the SB one and twos. And they, you know, they come with the, the stabilizer that you can screw into um, boards and stuff in old buildings uh, and barns and that type thing. Um, I haven't used the, the SB brands, but what I have done is, is I've taken um, extra long uh, roofing staples um, and hammered the DP onto the boards um, by the by the uh, the uh, state and just left it sitting there. Um, you, if, if you take if you take a quick link too and, and take your staple and you shove that in there and then you use your quick link to attach that to your to your uh, D ring when you're on the chain. Yeah, I know that's good, but I mean, you know, that's just another way of of, of mounting it inside. Um, um, but you know, some folks don't think about. Yeah. You know, uh, how about bait stations? You use them at all? This is my first year uh, using bait stations, and I I really am excited. I, I think they I think they make um, make it interesting. Um, I've got a couple of bait stations that I've got cameras on, um, and also put uh, you know traps. Um, and yeah, that's that's the thing about bait stations is, is you know put. I know one. I've got four DPs on, um, based out around the the bait stations where the trails are coming in, um, because you're going to get a lot of a lot of animals coming in to that bait station. Um, and I've I've found that it's worked really good so far this year. Are you setting up close to the base station, or you're setting out away from it on the trails coming in? Um, I am about half and half. Um, I'll do uh, if if I'm doing four DTs at a base station, I'll do two up close and then two further down the trail, um, just to catch just to catch those that are going to stay around the base station, um, and then catch those that are coming up to the base station. Hmm. Okay, and would do, do you have you been keeping record, or do you have you been? Is it fifty-fifty? Uh, are you seeing a better uh, result out of one out of the other? I haven't really been been keeping a solid record. Um, the majority of the ones that I have caught have been closer um, to the to the debate station, um, rather than further off the trails, uh, further down the trails. Uh, right. Anyway. But uh, I really haven't kept a solid number on that. Your uh, your your bait that you're actually using in your bait station is it the same stuff you're using the traps with, or are you using something cheap like dog food, corn, 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 or something like that? Um, I use a variety of stuff to be honest with you. Um, I'm not I'm not one of these guys. That, and and on my bait, you know, I did that to help other people more than 
I've used just a variety of stuff. Um, I stick a lot to my bait, but if I find that um, I'm not getting, getting the response that I want from that particular geographic area, I'll switch to other stuff. I, I think that's one of the things that, that really is so cool about the dog for trap is you know, you can go to your you can go to your um, to your cupboard and and find a lot of stuff that is going to bring those those things in as well. Okay, you um, use the same. Well, I know you're I, I know you're making your own bait, so I'm assuming you're putting your bait inside the uh, the DP traps, and that's a different bait than will be in your 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 feeder. Then correct? Yeah, that's correct. I. I use a, um, in my feeder, I use uh, a corn and a cat food mix. Okay. All I right. do about 50 50. And, I, and what I use is I use a five gallon bucket. And what I'll do is I'll drill a hole, um, about a uh, two inch um, hole in the, the bottom of the barrel, not bottom, but the side bottom of the barrel. And, um, you know, put it on the tree low enough where they can work and get that that uh, bait out, and uh, I just tie them to the tree, and it works real well. You speaking of baits, let's get into that. Here, it's you know, there's I probably uh, 1987. I probably made the first real taste baits. I guess would be for the ADC fields, and I'm assuming the baits you make for the DP traps, as when I'm reading up, I'm looking at them. That would be classified as a taste bait versus a uh, smell bait. Uh, what's your what's your what's your thoughts on 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 the two for the DP traps? And obviously, you know you've got you've got your your opinion on that. Uh, but you know, what would you rather put in there, a taste bait or or smell bait in your DP trap? I think personally, in order for that coon to get caught in that in that trap, they have got to like what they're going after. They 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 need they need to like and like the taste. So that's that's what I have always done gone for. Because once they get a good taste of that bait, they're going to keep at it. They're going to keep reaching their paw down in that DP um, to get more of it. So that's why I focus on the the um, the, the taste bait. You know, there's. There's a time and a place for for the the smell bait as well. I mean, you know, you you gotta you gotta get them there. Um, you've got to get them to the to the DT, even though you've got it right on the trail. You know, you still got to get their attention. And you know, once you got their attention, then um, they're you know they're they're gluttons. They they want to eat. They're like me. I'm a I'm a big fat boy. And I like to I like to eat, so you know they're they're uh, the taste baits have always been been there for me. So, and, and I think that that's something right there. We could I I could spend two hours just talking the difference between taste and and smell baits and lures, and you know when many a many a fight has started over it. Um, <laughs> they both have their place. They both um, have their their places in the trap world. But if the trapper does not understand the difference between the two, um, they can go drastically wrong. For example, a smell bait, which is what most guys are going to use in a dirt hole or something like that, the directions are always going to be 
the animal gets caught before they get to the bait or lure. Right, and with right. a taste bait, it's let them get to the basin, bait and lure, let them right. get, get caught afterwards. So if you're using a smell bait inside that DP, uh, not that it won't work, please don't say that, guys, but but uh, smell bait down that DP, they've got to grab that trigger and pull it, okay? Well, so and, and let, me, let me add something, too, kind of talking about smell bait. You know, there's there's a lot of guys out there, and, and it's not wrong, um, but there's a lot of guys out there that would use the, the cat food, just straight cat food, and then they will take um, the fish oil and they'll spray fish oil down in the, the DP. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what, what the taste, the, the likes of, of, of the taste buds of a coon are like, but I don't think they would like fish oil. Um, it, it smells great. Um, and it gets in there, but, but the taste of it, there's a lot of better things that you could use to get them working that DP trap other than fish oil. Um, there's other things, that other liquids that you can put in there on top of that cat food that, it, that tastes better and will get them working that, that set better in my opinion. I personally agree with you about fish oil, even though I've seen Coon eat fish oil, but that's one of them statements. If we was at a bar right now, there'd be a brawl. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) That's not to say. I mean, I think fish oil um, has its place, most definitely. Yes. Um, But as far as using it as a quote-unquote taste bait or in a taste bait, I, I just, I don't use it. Correct, correct. I got your point there. Um, on on your, uh, do you use a call lure? Will you will you put a bait in there and then use some type of a call lure to pull them in, just in case you can't uh, get them right on location, meaning underneath his nose or his nose bumps into it. Every now and then I will. Um, like I said, most of our, actually all of my baiting lures are are a a, a food a food based. You know, it's 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 a taste base. Um, so I, I don't really use a call lure to get them, to get them there. Um, you know, I, it's probably something that I need to try. I just haven't done it, to be honest with you. I haven't, okay. I haven't need to. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to, to catch some, you know, and, and I think that's the cool thing. Ron about about trapping is there's so many different variables and there's so many different things that you can try um, that that's what makes I think that's what makes people enjoy it is there's always little idiosyncrasies and little tricks of the trade that you can use and you can do a change up on and you can get totally different results um, you know so yeah, that's just that's just kind of the way I go. Agreed, 100%. Now, here's another hard question for you, because here's, here's, here it is. You're going to talk to a lot of guys, whether it's cat food, dog food, uh, Rice Krispies, whatever, it don't matter. Uh, they're going to fill that trap totally up to the top. You've got other guys that's going to just put enough in there just to make him reach in there. What, what's, your, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? I stay out of trouble and do it. I stay out of trouble with everybody and do it halfway. <laughs> no, and, and I go and I go back. It, it's kind of along the same lines of, of using the taste bait. 
you've got to have enough bait in there to keep them there and and make them work that trap. Um, if they like what they're tasting, they're going to keep eating it, and they're going to get down to that trigger. What I usually do is I will put it I will put it just above the trigger, um, or or have about an eighth of an inch of the trigger sticking out. Uh, I, I don't just put a few little a few little bits down in the bottom. Um, I tend to, you know, I tend to to feed them and keep them there and and keep them working those sets. You're you're also that's probably another reason why you like your push system because eventually they're going to push more pressure down than pulling up, correct? Right. That's right. Yeah, um, and, and that's sometimes with you, with those. Uh, another one problem that I've seen back when we first started using foot, and we was using, I was personally using push pulls, and you fill it up with whatever you're doing, uh, getting a lot of what we call catches shorts, where you're just getting them around the fingers, and I couldn't figure out at first, first why. Then all of a sudden it dawned on you, you dummy, because they're pushing down on that solid bait, you know, whatever that bait was in there. And right. they're pushing down to get it pulled out, and, and it was springing off, and you was catching them below the pad, you know, on the fingers, and they would just pull out on that. So that's right. another thing that, that guys want to push-pull systems. On a pull system, you might not have to worry about that. And, you know, ironically, how I figured that out was I had a, a, a stupid um, habit of the, the Dukes, which is a pull system, if whatever I was using in the bottom of that trap, I would just, with the trap, you know, when the mice would eat the bait out, I'd just mm-hmm. take uh, whatever it is and shove it down underneath the trigger without realizing it. Well, I had some Freedom brands, and and uh, I was amazed at how much tension you didn't, or how much pressure you didn't need to set that thing off. And by the way, they have a distinct click. Um, when you hear that click, you know you're caught. But, right. you know, one of the things that we learned at the hard way, if you build up too much bait on a push system, that was real sensitive, we was getting a lot of uh, uh, short catches. But you're only going halfway, so you're going to get him, you're going to get him at the pad or, or above the wrist doing something right. like that, correct? That, that's where the, the majority of my catches are, are, are above the wrist. Right. Um, okay, uh, we're, we're moving quite along. Uh, Bill, I see you're on here, and, and uh, Jeff is on here, and a few other guests are on here. It was quite a few guests at one time. I don't know if they're still on there, but if you guys have got questions or or to make this show a little bit more, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Tailored to you, ask a question and 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 we'll I'll I'll shoot it out to uh, Sean and and we can answer it. We already talked a little bit about anchoring, but, but outside of buildings, what's your what's your preferred anchoring system? I use the earth anchors. Um, with the driver, um, I, I've I've used stakes um, when I first started um, the rebar stakes, but they are just too darn heavy um, to to tote from place to place, place to place. So I I switched to the anchors, um, and I I really like them. Uh, you know, I'm not one of these that that um, tries to to pull the anchors out after I get done. Um, with if I find a spot, um, hopefully I'm going to be using that spot the next year, or um, 
you know, later on in the season. So when I put an earth anchor in, I just leave it there. Um, if I get ready to to leave that particular area, I'll take a piece of orange flagging tape and tie to it um, so that I can see it, um, you know, later on in the season or the next year. Um, so that's, how, that's how many years? How many years will you give it a, an anchor in the ground? Um, I have used them consistently. Um, probably about two years. Okay. Um, what I, what what brand are you using personally? The, the as far as the end goes. Um, I'm actually, gosh, I can't remember the actual brand. Um, the the uh, the AU Sables from uh, PCS Outdoors are the ones that I've ordered the, the most recent. Um, I, I don't really, you know the. I like a certain I like a certain design, um, but I don't stick to a certain price. If you okay. That makes well, you got a lot of rock too up there. You got to you got to get down through rock a lot of times, don't you? Yeah, it, that that's one of the, the big things. And and I'll tell you I tell you what I've switched to a lot, um, especially if I'm if especially if I'm um, dealing with a lot of a rock in the area is I'll just take an extension cable and. Um, put it on the, the DP and, and then loop it around the tree and go back through the extension cable and, um, you know, get you an extension cable that's long enough to where you can anchor it to a, a tree and you can get it in the trail or get it in the area that you want. Um, and plus, the you know, using the, using the extension cables, it makes it real quick to go in and, and throw sets in. Um, if you got How far? How far will you uh, use it? We use a, a two foot extension, six foot, ten foot, twenty foot. What, what, what size extension are you looking at? Anything to get you to the trail? Yeah, I tend to use. I usually buy six foot. Uh, a lot of times that that's way too much cable, but if I need it, I've got it. Um, so you know, if I find that I, if I find that it's too long, I just loop it around the tree a couple times. Um, to get it to the length that I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I tend to get the six foot just so that I know I'll have enough. Okay. And on your st- when you're staking down with an earth anchor, what's your what's your general uh, length on that on a, on an open set? Do you like it to be you know two three foot longer than the chain or or a couple inches yeah, longer I, than the chain? I go about I usually go about three foot. Okay. Uh, I. I I take the earth anchor and, and bury it all the way till the you know till the end loop is there, and then right. I'll I'll take the a quick link and and hook the DP into the quick link. Okay. Um, so I, I tend to bury it pretty deep, um, just because the weird thing about up here is is we've got a lot of rock, but it's it's loose. I mean. You, you can get way down deep, and a lot of times you can pull up and pull the earth anchor up because it's loose rock. Um, okay. It's loose soil, so you know I, I, I tend to put them deep, and then and then give them some good tugs to make sure that their anchors get. Hmm. Well, we're moving right along. Anybody got any questions? Um, we're I think we're we're filling up here pretty fast. Why don't you talk about uh, let me? What time is it? Oh crap! We only got ten minutes for the hour. 
Um, we'll get into to your base. What is it? What is it about? You know, what made you get into the bait manufacturing of it? Um, why? Why did you choose instead of going on the route of everybody else? You know, using cat food, dog food, what have you. Um. Well, when I first started, um, I did use exclusively those things, but the more I learned, um, the the more I I guess it's more of a, the scientist in me, too. Um, I enjoy learning about the animal and the biology of the animal and the the, the inner workings of, of what makes a tune a tune. And once I started learning all that, I found out that there's a lot of different food stamps and, and you know, things that you can do that, Dog food and cat food just not doing it. I mean, it's just not there. And I, I kind of felt like that you could, you could draw them in better if you started using some of these things that appealed directly to them. Um, you know, the dogs and the cat food works. There's no doubt about it. Um, the sardines work, um, but there are other things out there that you can, when you're making baits and, and that type thing, that you can put in there that, they, that they're going to be pulled to more readily or more exclusively than, um, than the, the cat food and the dog food. Um, the cat food and the dog food, you know, if you're, if you're in a rural area and you're, you're dealing with, um, you know, not a rural area, I'm sorry, an urban area, and you're dealing with coons coming up on the porch and eating your cat food and your dog food, yeah, that's the perfect thing to use. But out in the woods, um, these animals may not have even had a chance to be introduced to cat food and dog food. So you've got to look at your area and what type of food type foods and you know fruits and and that type of thing that you've got in your area, and then customize it to um, what's gonna what's gonna entice those things to come into the bait. If that makes sense. Mhm. Mhm. So tell us a little bit about your baits then. Uh, what, what what tell us? A, here's here's your infomercial for you, buddy. Give, uh, give us sell us on your stuff. Well, and I and I'm not gonna sell it. I'm just gonna tell you what I've got. Um, you know, I, I know the stuff works. Um, I've got people that use it that, that swear by it. Um, I've used it and it works. Um, the 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 test that I've done, you know, says that it's, it's good bait and that type thing. So, you know, the the two baits that I have, I've got a I've got a dry bait, uh, which is called Mini Bear Crunch. And when I went out, and the reason the the name of that one is when I went out west one time, there was a bunch of coons, and we called them mini bears uh, because they were almost as big as a bear, and they hmm. ate pretty much anything the bears would eat, too. So that, that's how the name came about. But what that one is is, is it's, a, it's a candy corn and um, cat food mix or dog food mix. And then on top of that, I've added in some um, different – um, some different oils and that type thing um, to further enhance it. So that's that's the dry bait that I I 
primarily used um, if I'm not going to have any freezing weather and that type thing, and, and um, that I know that that I'm not going to have any problems with my bait freezing. Um, if you've got if you've got things that have been accustomed to the to the cat or dog food, or they're accustomed to the you know raiding the corn cribs or the the feed the feed areas with the cows or that type thing, um, that's one to use. If and any coon just like just like me and you love candy, love love chocolate and something about chocolate. Um, just will draw them in at times. It's something about the chocolate. Um, so that's mini bear crunch is one of them. And then I've got one called DP Dynamite. And that's actually been my best seller so far. Um, but DP Dynamite is actually a corn based paste uh, bait um, that is, it's got um, a, a, a corn paste and then it's got other things added to it. Um, and it's a real thick, thick bait um, that that holds up really good in the dog fruit. So those are my two baits, and then then I have a food a food lure um, called Old Crow, and I have to tell you the story on on the Old Crow coon lure. You know, I think a lot of times the the people don't hear the stories behind the cool names with these baits and lures. So I kind of always like to tell people um, the Old Crow. Coon lure was actually um, a lure that I was testing um, back during the summer, and I had I had made a batch of it and had um, taken some some dog food and put in a DP and then poured some of the the old crow on top of it. Um, did not have a name for it or anything, uh, and I went out the next day and I had crawled. one thing you do have a good facebook page you know i'm on it as much as i possibly can I'm, you know as, as, and i try to uh read it every day that i see this good stuff on there there's good, some good information what 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 caused you to uh what made you pick up that facebook page just a marketing tool or did you just, well, did you no, want to see something different well no not really i mean it wasn't a marketing tool it everybody there's a lot of there's a lot of trapping pages out there on on Facebook. But there wasn't one that was exclusively for dog proof trappers. And there wasn't one that, that we as dog proof trappers could come and talk about our success and our failures and and learn from each other. 
so that's why I really established it is is you know just to have a place for all of us that love doing this a place to come and talk about specifics rather than the DP cloud getting lost in some of the other Facebook pages. Mm. Uh, mm. I, I was doing it. I was doing it mostly. Um, I guess it's just a, a, a customer service to help people. Um, you know, I, one of the things that, that uh, I didn't tell you, and um, I was one of the firefighters that, that uh, fought the Gatlinburg fire two weeks ago. Um, mm. And the helping people thing has really been on my heart here lately. And, you know, you one time when we first started talking, you asked me, you know, why did you start the web page? Why did you um, do the, the Facebook page? And it's just because I want to help people. You know, I I like having the business. I like making the base and that type thing. But I just want to, to help other people and have people learn from my success and stuff more than anything else. Wow, um, and, and we could we could go off onto the Gatlinburg thing, and we won't at this point. But but you know, just that that was a uh, that's something else there. Um, you got me speechless for a second. Um, oh, get, get me get my mind back on gear here. <laughs> what what? And and the, and the correct name for the uh, for the uh, Facebook page is the Dog Proof Trapper, I believe. That's right. That's right. And okay. then, then we have a web page. Um, which is www.dogprooftrapper.com. Okay. And a phone number. Give your phone number out there that, that you want people to call you on. Sure. It's 423-721-5972. Well, you know, Bill Bill Ford's been on there, and he's been uncannily quiet. He's been really, really quiet. It's gotten me nervous. Bill, you alive? Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you guys pretty much covered wanting to know, um, but it's 9 o'clock, so you're going to carry on with another show later, and I can ask the questions then. Yeah, well, uh, probably in a week or two, uh, depending on the demand, how many people, if people want to hear a, 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 a more more talk on DP traps, which I could listen to three or four of these things, Um so I mean, we'll 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 probably have another show. I think I think Sean, you did a great job. Thank you for being on the show tonight. And okay, well, was if it's going to be a couple, if it's going to be a couple weeks, I want to throw one question to you. Sure. This may be both because I had um, a couple people. You're gone. Where you at, boy? Yo, Bill. I guess I guess Tammy smacked him. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Now we can hear you, Bill. Yeah, I had to go outside. $800 phone, you can't make a damn phone call. Um, okay. Here's the question I have that I was asked. Like I said, I can't catch, well, I can't catch them, but I do better with my cages. But if people are asking, right about now, maybe within the next week or two, our coon are going to start to breathe. Mm hmm. How do you get the coon to come to the dog foods to be interested enough when they really don't want to eat? Is there some kind of scent that you might bury at the bottom of the bait to draw them to the trap? 
And then when they get there, maybe want to eat, or do you just pretty much stick the same and take your chances? You uh, you ask it about as as uh, how about, you ask it about boars or sales, or you just ask boars, boars, boars. You sucker. Yeah. Get the boars. You sucker. Sal- I sal- sal- are going to come either way. The sales is, and actually, to tell you the truth, Vaughn, I don't know if you've noticed it, but we still, I still, because I'm trying not to catch too many coons. My freezers are filling up with hides. Um, still have babies. Here's babies running around with the sows. Now they're probably like six, five, six pound coons now, but they're still running in family. But yeah, they're bigger than that. They're bigger than that. We had a we had a late in, in Jersey, and we were talking about Bill and and Sean. I'm not taking your thunder here, but he's asking a specific question, Eric. That's for us. Oh. Um, we we had a late we had a lot of late litters this year. Um, we had the normal litters. We had a couple early litters. You know, the end of uh, middle of March. Majority right. of them came in. Majority of them came in April, but we had a lot. I had I had quite a few calls where I was actually bringing out some pups with closed eyes still in in uh, the end of June. So really? uh, yeah, so we had we had a lot of late litters this year. Um, one of the things I'm seeing right now is uh, all I was seeing that that five to eight day uh, circuit for the females. But in the last two weeks, I'm starting to see that three to five day circuits. Now, again, I, just so everybody's listening, I've got an advantage. Okay, is my livelihood is wildlife control, so I'm dealing with with raccoons and, and addicts, and and I can. My advantage is that I'm seeing what's going on real time compared to the customer and holes closed up and all that. Whereas a fur trapper, you, you're not on that bent. In other words, of where I am, so. In the last two weeks or so, I'm seeing sales starting to hit that three to five day um, circuit, which is telling me either we're getting close to breeding, okay, or we're getting close to cold weather. Now we got cold weather coming in tomorrow, so they may know more than than we have for the last two weeks. But going back to the question Bill asked, and I knew he's going to ask that sucker. He always does. <laughs> um, <laughs> Glan lore for the boars. Hey, I'm um, glad he didn't ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> I had a we had it. I did a dog proof uh, talk. Oh, what back in November? I guess it was Bill. Yeah. And it, it was going well. You know, I got certain secrets that I don't let out too often. And I know Bill's going to make me let him out <laughs> once in a while. And here we got about forty, fifty people at this convention uh, listening to the dog proof talk and. He asked that stupid question. I just looked at him and he started laughing with that stupid grin he's got on his face. I know you got it on there now, but, you know, gland lure. Gland lure for boars, as soon as breeding season comes in. Um, and that's one of the things I was going to let out later on. But but uh, you take three, four foot in the air on a good on a good um, holder and put some gland lure in there or take a stick and dip some gland lure. And it doesn't matter if it's fox or or uh, coyote, bobcat, it don't matter. Gland lure is like, uh, I don't know what it is that boars, and you'll catch the big boars. And now the the now, problem you're going to have is once you bring that gland lure in and you get him to that spot because he's interested in it, you've got to have a good enough bait that he wants to eat because once the breeding season comes in, he's not interested in uh, in eating. He's interested in love. So right. you gotta got you got to have a good... Um, uh, I call it giving him the chocolate chip cookie, you know. Um, Without, at that point, now you're putting the gland lure above 
the trap. Correct. Kind of like we do with the cages. Yeah. Um, they're not putting anything in, like, say, at the bottom of the trap to, like, get them to bring their nose right to that trap and dig through the bait to see what's there. Well, I'm, I'm uh, typically I'm typically going to have the landlord high to bring him in. Okay, now high, I'm talking about two, three, four foot up. You know, I, I want that landlord to only reach out 10, 15 feet. So the, the, the key has to be you're still on location. And, and again, understanding the um, coon behaviors, not just habits, but behaviors, that, that boar is going to use the, the easiest run he can possibly use. It may be the ones he was using in the fall. It may be because the winter has, has set in, knocked a lot of vegetation down, and made that, that stream bank or that road more acceptable. At this point, I'm only trying to pull that raccoon 10, 15 feet. I don't, I don't believe you can pull coon very far. I think Sean mentioned that actually a couple right, of times. That's he why I didn't that. ask that question. Uh, yeah. One more question. I don't want to keep you guys up all night especially since I'm standing out on my porch just wet in my underwear and my socks. <laughs> um, there's a picture for you. Um, it's cold, Ron. I think it got down to go freezing for the first time in these Well, go put some pants on, man. No, uh, because then I'll lose my signal. Um, <laughs> the, when you do this for the – you put your landlord um, on the corn cob. I know you didn't mention corn cob, but on the corn cob <laughs> above the trap. So you have your cone about 15 feet of a circle. Um, do you change from, like, his, I'm not putting anybody's bait out there, you know, per se, but Mr. Ingram's uh, mini bear crunch and your stuff that you make, do you switch from the sweeter stuff to go with maybe a fish or a meat base to, maybe, to you know, give them, to let them think that there's something there to eat other than, you know, the sweeter stuff? If I'm using a gland lure, I'm typically going to go with a sweet taste lure on the lip of the DP, and then I'm going to go with a, a, a sweet taste bait down inside there. I'm partial to sweet, I don't, and, and it sounds like Sean is too, um, with a little bit of meat into it. But if I, if I definitely, um, sometimes I'll use a, um, a fishy odor on the, on the trap itself, but most of the time I won't on the, on the lip of it. Me personally, okay. The reason I'm asking that is um, you hear, again, you hear everything, um, but you hear that people say use your sweet baits in the fall because you still have berries, corn, and all that out, and then as it gets cold, things start to die off, and now you got meat that's starting to taint and fish that are starting to die, so that's what animals are keying on is the dying stuff. So that's why I guess if you guys went with the tuna fish, in the cages. I mean, in the, mm, no. Um, yeah, and you know, and you know me. I'm a sweet guy, and the reason I'm sweet bait most of the time is because I don't want them frigging cats in it. So, you know, so I'm going to use I'm going to use the sweet baits as much as I possibly can. Winter, summer, it don't matter to me. Again, no right or wrong. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys with the cat food. There's a lot of guys with the. With the uh, you, Sean mentioned uh, the chocolate. Uh, unbelievable results you can get with chocolate. Um, you want you want an even better homemade bait. You mix some chocolate and peanut butter together. Now I'm not a partial. I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm anti peanut butter in the ADC field, but I'm not anti peanut butter in the in the trapping world. So if you want to, you know, if somebody wanted to go out there and take uh, some chocolate syrup and mix it with peanut butter, you couldn't get a better doggone bait. Number one, you got some stickiness to it, and then you got that 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 sweet chocolate smell there. So now, okay, one it, more. And then, then I'm definitely going in the house. 
Well, no, I'm not. I'm just saying one more now. Um, okay. Now, so our, now, I don't know about Mr. Ingham's uh, style of trapping, but our style with the cages, you know, our style with the different. Have you tried that with the dog proof uh, on each part of the thing, maybe something different? Do you go with three or four different, or do you just use, like, I don't know, let's just say your no mows and some midnight around the outside or something like that, just like that? Do you... Or like his mini bear crush with maybe a little bit of strawberry syrup around the rim to get him to take it. Do you try to do you use the three or four different scents at the set like we do? Come on, let Sean answer this as soon as I say this. You know me. Okay. I am I am absolutely no, I am absolutely segregated multiple odors. We right. never know when what that sucker wants when he comes, but if I offer him enough, he's gonna come. And yeah, the fat guy at the buffet. Just <laughs> exactly, exactly. So me personally, okay, and then Sean's going to kick in there. Me personally, I am going to give him three to four different odors at that trap. I may give him two or three odors inside that trap, and if I can keep them segre- segregated even better, I know that doesn't make sense because you're saying it's one hole uh, coming out, so the smells are coming out. But, if you know, I, was, I did a post today with a, about deer hunting and with my deer sense and all that. And I think if God allowed us to smell just one hour like an animal can smell, I think we would freaking go nuts because we we wouldn't be we would we can't we all know you know when you, if you said to me you say to me, hey Jonesy, how many smells can an animal smell at one time? I'm going to tell you nine as an average. Okay, they can distinguish and separate nine different odors in one in one component, if you will. All right, I know that. But I don't know that. I I know that because science has told me that. But to experience, to be able to pick out nine different odors out of the same contraption, out of the same hole, oh, my gosh, I think we would go crazy. All right? Oh, yeah, the cookies, just cooking the, baking the cookies alone would drive me crazy. <laughs> exactly. So so I'm I'm a firm believer with the cage traps. And, and and Jeff and I was talking about that, I think, in a, in a text, you know, uh, a lot of guys say, Jonesy, you're overboard on the cage traps. No, I'm not, because I want I want, I want want as many odors as I can in that cage set. No matter what's there, it's it's the buffet. If he wants to go to, if he wants to go to a buffet and pick up roast beef and ham at the same time, he can. So um, enough said on that. Sean, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on it. I, you know, that's, that's why I made the the uh, the cane lure it to add a little bit different smell around that around that dog proof uh, on the lip of that dog proof to um, to give them a variety. You know, I I think again I think canes are just like we are. I mean, we like variety, we like different taste, and and um, I completely completely agree with you. All right. I know there's one more coming from Bill because he always says there's just one more. And he, and no, 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 no. I want to wait until the next show because now that I've listened to you guys, what you're saying, and I, the guys that, you know, are going to, well, everybody's going to call in and download it and all that. This would be enough to get them going. Um, like I said, well, there, will, there will be more later. I'll have many, many questions later. <laughs> That's the, well, no, see, the thing is, Ron, because – as, as scary as it might be and for you, we have some of the same ideas when it comes to setting and trapping and how things go. Oh, yeah, one more question while you're there. I knew it. it. 
<laughs> Your shirt's right. got to be getting hard by now, buddy. Yeah. Um, Ron had mentioned earlier uh, about where we're at, you know, our location. Um, I think this is the first night that's gone below 30 degrees even since uh, we started in November. So we still have a lot of corn in the field. The geese haven't showed up. I found my coons in the den trees. I found where they're coming in the corn. What do I use? to make them not want to go eat that corn? Is there, not without using any kind of spell, what would you say to do? Would you say, oh, well, you know they're going to eat corn, throw your fish in there? Would you say, okay, I knew, we know the chocolate peanut butter works, but is there like one set thing or two set things that you would try to stop them along the way other than being right under their nose? You're going to put that, me personally, and Sean's going to answer this too. Me personally. Well, not putting. Well, you want to. I'm just. I'm putting. No, I want. I want want both of us. I want your. I want your shorts to freeze. You want me to? (laughs) 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 I'm going. I. I want to. I. I cannot. If. If he's going to that cornfield to eat corn, in his brain, he's going to eat corn. What I do though, is my bait stations. I stop him before that, and give him something. The chocolate chip cookie, something. And again, for many of you guys that haven't heard my my description of a chocolate chip cookie, I full seven course dinner, be bloated, throw up, and my my wife bring out of the oven hot chocolate chip cookies. I have got to eat one. I cannot say no. I have got to eat one. And if I'm going to eat a hot chocolate chip cookie, guess what else I got to have? A glass of milk. Okay, I might get sick after it. But I got to eat one. That's the same philosophy that I'm using when I'm talking about coon coming to to a food source, whether it's corn, soybean, um, bait station, whatever. I want to get him before he gets there, 20 yards, 30, 40 yards, 10 yards. It don't matter. But just get him there before and then offer him something that he's got to say, oh, wow, there's a drinker, or oh, wow, there's there's a stick of licorice, or, you know, I'm using those those definitions or, or those statements to, to trigger in our mind whatever it is in your mind that you've got to have chocolate chip cake or, or or whatever. Oh, I've got to have a taste of that, okay? Uh, whatever. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop him before because once he gets into that cornfield, he's like a skunk. Once he gets eaten on that corn, you're not pulling him off of it unless you put the trap right under his nose which we know that's going to be very hard. So getting one on the trail coming to the cornfield. Sean? Well, your thing is chocolate chip cookies. Mine are the uh, Little Debbie Christmas cake, Christmas tree There you cake. go. So, yeah. Um, I could eat a whole box of those in one sitting. So I, I agree with you completely. Um, if if the coon is, is got something on his mind, um, you know, if he if there's a cornfield there and he's used to going to that cornfield every night um, to get to get his his protein and his food and that type of thing, that's where he's going to go. Um, you know, the thing the thing that you got to remember about these animals is uh, they're going to go. They're usually going to go from point A to point B, um, and they're going to go straight to the food, straight to the water, that type of thing. So you've you know, I'm, I agree with you, Ron. You've got to have something to stop them, um, whether it be um, the chocolate or uh, fish bait or 
um, some type of fish paste or, or something like that, something completely different that's going to make him uh, put on the brakes and say, hey, maybe I want a little bit of this too. Um, you know, like I said earlier, they, the animals are just like us. They like variety. Um, so that's, you know, that's what I would do is I would just completely change gears from the corn and find something completely different um, that they're not going to be able to um, go without. All right. All right, that's it. No more questions. Off to your Tammy's going to hug me because she, she, I kept her outside for another 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Tammy's already in there. So she, had to watch. she was like, I told her, Rob's got a show at 8 o'clock. I want quiet. She's tired. Fresh, all kind of cartoon. And I'm over the course of one year. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to bed. I'll see you guys later. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye. Jeff, you got anything? Jeff's got anything on there? No. I was, um, I was just uh, listening. So. Well, you got anything to add or anything to ask? Anything to to to, to talk about? We got another ten minutes. So you know, you you can never never. We didn't stop at the nine o'clock. So now we got to go another ten minutes. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You know, Jonesy, I usually have quite a few questions. <clears throat> Tonight, with the kids running around and everything, I didn't want to ask a question that was answered. Um, but I did try to listen to as much as I could. I thought it was a great show, and uh, I'll be tuning in next time and hopefully have some questions then. All right, good. Sean, I appreciate this. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Um, I think it was a good show. Uh, hopefully, fo- folks will uh, chime in and, and post up on them either on Trapper Man or or uh, let you know how well you did. And, 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 again, it was a great show. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. And um, Okay. And, and, obviously, if I do another show, you're you're going to be uh, invited to come back on. No problems. Um, okay. And, and we, can, we can have a good old time at that point. So, so at this time, you know, again, uh, English Mountain, Bates and Lures, okay. Guys, go out and 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 give him a shout. Talk to him. Give him a call. You see, he, you can see that he's a personable guy. He, he's willing to help. He wants to talk to you. Um, great guy. Uh, I'm glad I've had a chance to uh, never met him, but talking to him, I feel like I've known him for a few years now. So, it's been a good time. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Redneck Pride Game Calls and Outdoor Sense. So real, they'll you'll think you've got one. Again, we want to thank God for giving us the uh, the ability to hunt, fish, and trap in his creation and, and just be a part of, of this uh, great life that we have that non-hunters, non-fishers, non-trappers, I have no idea what they're talking about. So till next time, I'll see you all later, and we'll talk to you later. Guys, stick on just for a few minutes afterwards. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.